Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. W-L-H-R. This WLHR podcast is brought to you by Underworld Public Radio. And by Sharp Knife. Teenagers ended your life? Use Sharp Knife to get back your afterlife. This is Fresh Scare. I'm Sherry Disgusting, broadcasting to you from the Underworld. My guest today is Josh Rubin, writer, director, dreamweaver, visionary, plus actor. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. I'm terrified to be here. Josh has been described as a multi-threat, A threat is defined by Merriam-Webster as an expression of intention to inflict evil, injury, or damage. Josh, how have you used your skills to inflict evil? Was it through some sort of branded content web series you may have produced for the internet? I inflict my terror when I sold my soul to do branded content, probably College Humor, um, 150 years ago. Right, right. The internet is very old. Uh, Josh... You are currently a ghoul. You uh, shapeshift. You're fascinated mm-hmm. by death and the macabre, right. and you have the little donkey legs. Um, <laughs> has that helped or hindered your acting career? Uh, well, actually, you know, seeing that everyone's like super like woke now, they are super accepting. I mean, yeah, like I'm a 39 year old like Caucasian filmmaker actor, but when they see me walking with those donkey legs, they're like, "What an ass!" You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, which is sort of me to ask, but at least they accept me. As I mentioned, you're a shapeshifter. You do impressions. I do. Have you ever done an impression so good that you scared yourself? Uh, probably John Lovitz, you know. Acting, like even then, just saying that just gave me chills. My personal favorite series of characters you do is actually uh, the men who've decided to have a baby uh, with uh, the viewer. Mm-hmm. Man with ponytail, man in glasses, and man in indie film. Uh, man, an indie film. That's right. Classic. Yeah. How many other types of men who've decided to have a baby did you research for this project? Um, so it mainly was just watching early Joe Swanberg and uh, some really early Duplassian um, kind of mumblecore flicks. 
But uh, it's really just drawing from my own personal experience, just, you know, wanting to have a baby with so many women. It's just like, I don't know, wasn't interested. And I don't know if that's like a donkey leg thing or a ghoul thing, or maybe it's just because I'm 5'8". Yeah. You got your first big break writing, producing, and starring in videos for College Humor. Now that you're a little older and your taste has matured, would you say that you make graduate school humor? Um... No, I think I'm still as underdeveloped as I was, I'd say, when I was 23 and taking two-hour lunch breaks to go to Benny's Burrito and buy jeans only to go back and do a Katy Perry uh, parody, you know, back on, on Barry Diller's Dime. I don't think anything's really changed. Is it because you're an immortal ghoul or just the demographic hasn't really changed or...? I think the demographic has changed. I just think I'm stuck in my ways. Um, bit of a Peter Pan, if you will, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I did notice a trend in, in your films. There's a lot of references to uh, NPR and fine dining and, and things like that. It seems a little more elevated than college, but what do I know? I'm a swamp thing. I mean, I guess so. Don't, you know, don't shoot yourself in your, uh, in your rotten foot or anything. Oh, I don't have feet. I, I emanate from a puddle. It's kind of like a big oh. swampy skirt. Oh wow! Like um, it's not quite Alex Mack. It's more like um something. It's very Alex see. Mack. It's actually oh, okay. it's very Alex Mack. If if she got stuck mid transformation. Oh wow! Um, so sort of a spectral swampy bottom, which um sounds Correct. like something Paul Hollywood doesn't want your uh, your croissant to have. No swampy bottom. You know what I mean? That's my Paul Hollywood. No swampy bottom. You know what I mean? Good impression, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. <laughs> According to IMDb Trivia, you were named one of nine comedians worth following on Snapchat in 2016. Uh, how do you top yourself after that, after such an achievement? And also, you why don't. try? What else is there to do? Uh, there's nothing else to do. I've retired. <sighs> after I won a, well, honorable mention Webby for my um, problematic uh, improv uh, talk show, Hello My Name Is, um, I thought probably said some cancelable things, but at least I didn't look like myself, you know, because that's just what you do when you're working for a, a website um, making humor for boys. After that article came out, I cashed up my 401k and I moved to California. And then um, I've been living on the street ever since. But uh, at least um, my ghoulish donkey legs have kind of kept me going. What uh, neighborhood did you set up your little... Uh, well, Burbank, and that didn't work out too well because, boy, the jurisdiction is just not quite friendly to um, to donkey people. So I just settled in Echo Park because no one bats an eye when you, you dress like this. Wow. I've never been to Los Angeles. I live under the core of the earth with other creatures. So I, I don't get your references. Every time I listen to a podcast about Los Angeles, I, I, I just don't know what Coanga is, you know? Yeah, same. I think it's... I don't um, know what the foot guy, there's a foot guy that everyone drives by. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, that used to be a thing. There was a sign that divided Silver Lake and Echo Park, and it was a foot sign. And one side of the foot sign was a happy foot. Uh -huh. um, and then the other one was a broken foot on crutches. And I guess the idea was it was advertising the foot doctor that um, I don't even know exists there anymore. And apparently that very sign is for sale somewhere. Great. And tacos. Tacos are a big thing where you are. Tacos aren't big in, um, in the core of the earth. Oh, no. Uh, we eat rocks and we drink slime. Well, I guess it's the quickest way to get a soggy bottom. We'll be right back. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back. My guest today is Hollywood Big Shot, an actual ghoul with little donkey legs, Josh Rubin. And as a reminder, I am a swamp thing broadcasting from a little niche I carved into some rocks under the Earth's crust. Josh, you star in the Shudder original movie, A Wounded Fawn, as Bruce Ernst, a sophisticated art dealer who is also a sadistic serial killer. We have a clip from the film. At this point in the story, Bruce has persuaded a gallery worker, Meredith Tanning, played by Sarah Lind, to spend the weekend with him in the secluded cabin. Bruce has attempted to wine and dine Meredith, but she's frightened. Not only of Bruce's antagonism and strange demeanor, what do you mean? but also because of strange noises she's heard outside of the cabin. That's right, and uh, here I come gaslighting her. No, Meredith. We just got here. I just cooked you an entire meal that you barely touched, and I really don't feel like driving back to the city. You don't want to be here alone with me? No. I'm, no, I mean, yes. You're scared. Yeah, I'm scared. Wow, okay. Just every facet of toxicity seeping through the pores of this character. One of those roll out of bed and just kind of just kind of do it rolls for me, really. Yeah, just like what is every shitty choice that a person <laughs> could make to clearly signal that they're a bad dude? Yeah. The funny thing about the whole scene is it was improvised. It wasn't scripted whatsoever. I just kind of, you know, pulled from the gut, took a swing, and just put myself in a place. Yeah, I find myself really every day, every time I'm, I'm in a room with a, you know, with a with a woman, with a totally normal woman. Speaking of pulling things, I think you're pulling my leg. I, I think that was 100% scripted, but oh, I didn't know you had a leg, being a swampy bottom creature of uh, Middle Earth. You know. You make a great point. <laughs> Tell me about the process of auditioning for that role. Or did you audition at all? It seems like you play a lot of disturbed men. I do, yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, I have a connection to emasculated um, mid-30s uh, something uh, Caucasian males. Um, so I don't know if that's saying something about me or if I just want to uh, hold the light to that uh, demographic. But incels aside, I luckily didn't have to audition. Travis DM'd me on Twitter and said, uh, I know you're a filmmaker, but he interested in performing. And I said, wow. if you're writing it, absolutely. And he did indeed. He co-wrote this uh, brilliant script with Nathan Foudry. And boy, was it a thrill. I thought I could bring a lot of toxic energy to it. And um, here we are. Without spoiling it, there's an interesting scene uh, where you have to writhe around in mud for a while. Was that in the script? Is that something you just came up with on the fly? Uh, well, yeah, riding around the mud. I mean, something you don't understand. Am I right, Sherry? <laughs> just kind of being. Um... <laughs> well, no, I am uh, a swamp thing. That's not mud. Oh, right. Sorry. I got a 950 on my SATs. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, sort of a last minute decision from Travis, I believe, on the day once, once we were there. He's like, hey, why don't we just 
roll a whole film cartridge on this death scene. Oh, it was shot on film. It wasn't digital. It was 16 mil. Yeah. So once you wow. hear that, uh, that clickety clacking, you've got to be on your best behavior with your lines learned and know how to hit your marks because times, times of money and money's a time. In the film, you are haunted by the ghost of three women that your character has killed. Is this a veiled retelling of Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol? Uh, it certainly could be. Um, like I said, this was, it was just a, just a gig for me. I just showed up and Travis just told, you know, I just asked Travis how loud I need to scream, you know, and, um, and I did, but now I'm learning a whole lot about you know, like how important it is and stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. It might be. Very recently you pivoted from comedy to the world of horror. Which genre is more frightening? Ooh, that's a, uh, that is a really tricky question. I'd say comedy. Uh, well, you could say horror is quite buoyant for its um, color palettes and stylishness, and comedy is quite dark for its personalities. Most comedians have quite dark uh, dispositions behind the veneers of being silly. I mean, you know, again, speaking for myself, I, I, I'm, I'm not always on. And when I'm not always on, I'm not always the sweetest of sweethearts. So you just never know. Wow. Okay. I, Pretty deep, right? I, no, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate that insight. Um, I guess I meant in terms of approaching a project in either of those genres, which is more intimidating to you? Oh, wow. Are the stakes higher when you're doing comedy or when you're trying to scare people? Oh, wow. Uh, well, for me, the stakes are higher trying to scare people because I, uh, I've been doing the comedy thing for a long time. And I sort of know how to do that in my bones, as you can tell. I mean, through this entire interview, I, I think I've been killing it. I've, I've been laughing uproariously the whole time. You could probably hear it on the microphone. Well, I can't, but like, it's harder for me too, as a comedian, um, to then, you know, suddenly put myself in the horror world and try and calculate or uh, build the concoction for a jump scare. That's, that's way harder for me and a way scarier endeavor. But yet I somehow can't seem to get away from it. So um, FML, you know. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors, who may or may not be a financing app or another podcast. Welcome back to Fresh Scare. I'm Sherry Disgusting. My guest is Josh Rubin, who acts, writes, and directs, and shows off. All great directors have a long list of creative heroes, Please name your top 100 favorite filmmakers. Uh, Spielberg, Spielborg, Spielberg, Stoven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, mm -hmm. Karin Kusama, mm -hmm. Ben Stiller sometimes, though I hear he's tricky. Mm -hmm. I enjoy Jim Swanberg, Lake Bell, uh, Lee Winnell, Taika Waititi, John Singleton, We'll just keep going till you hit that 100, a sweet, sweet 100. Oh, no, good. Uh, Joseph Winter, Vanessa Winter, Duncan Burningham, uh, Travis Stevens, uh, Patrick Lawrence, uh, Natasha Kermani, uh, Scott You Derrickson. know, I, I've changed my huh? mind. I think we have to move on. I think we only made it like 13, but that's fine. You're a very physical performer in uh, both comedy and horror. Do you have a stuntman who does your pratfalls or anything like that? Uh, yeah, Abby Jacobson. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. she's, uh, 
she's also on um, on on Broad City. Um, people often think we're we're twins, uh, and uh, she's just like, you know what? I want to try getting into stunt performing. And I said, yeah, I want to try um, being a comedian activist. And so we'll just kind of yeah, just you know, switch. We'll just kind of swap lives for a little bit. In 2020, you wrote and directed the film Scare Me about two horror writers who spend an evening in a cabin telling each other scary stories, which takes the old filmmaking adage of show, don't tell, and bludgeons it to death. Uh, Josh, when did you realize that the rules of filmmaking don't apply to you at all? I think, you know, being, being a filmmaker, being, uh, being, being white, being male, being in California, um, growing up in Potomac, Maryland, living in Woodstock, New York, um, what shouldn't apply to me, really? You know what I mean? Just like as a man and as a filmmaker, you know, Caucasian 39-year-old filmmaker and an actor, producer sometimes, and a writer, um, it's like, why should I have to kind of bend to um, those and uh, thus that came before me? I don't know, just, just in terms of just societally, it just seems like, yeah, I shouldn't have to. Um, and that's just... That's who I am, and that's what I am. And yeah. Um, anyway, check out my all new interview with Joe Rogan at www. Uh, oh, I can't. I've seen to find his URL, but we'll grab it and post. Rad. Okay. Uh, watching your films, I'm struck by how sophisticated and literate your characters are. You seem to make movies for book people. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. Like like books, like R.L. Stein books, or. No, no, like, or, you know, like New York Times bestseller book people. Like, well, yeah, maybe people yeah. who, like, pretend to read. Yes, you know what definitely. I mean? People who pretend to read love your movies. Is that what it is? Uh, I, I, would say, I would say so. I mean, I can tell you as the filmmaker, uh, I've definitely bought, like, you know, a book on Mao just to kind of have it on the subway to see if I'd get attention. Um, uh -huh. But uh, I don't think I ever followed through with that for good reason. Do you fancy yourself a fancy man? Uh, look, I'm a steak and potatoes kind of, kind of gal. Those are um, very fancy. I guess so. So yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Coming up later in the show, the Crypt Keeper reviews one of last year's horror hits, Barbarian. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fresh Scare. I'm Sherry Disgusting, broadcasting to you from the underworld. I'm speaking with fancy person filmmaker, Josh Rubin. In the movie Scare Me, you do play a writer who's having a hard time coming up with ideas. And one of the ideas you end up writing down is uh, werewolves getting revenge. And in 2021, you directed Werewolves Within, which was an adaptation of the mobile game of the same name. Was that a call forward? Did that just organically happen as, as some universal things do? Total organic delicious coincidence. I mean, isn't that just wonderful how that happened? And just like being who I am and just like the privilege I deserve. Uh, I mean, why shouldn't it have gone that way? Um, yeah, isn't it insane that that was just, uh, that just happened to be the swing I took first and that the ODA or open directing assignment that came to me after the fact was, um, hey, do you want to uh, do a werewolf film essentially in the same area you just spent no money? Um, and I got to do that. I got to spend a whole lot more money back in the hood, hiring some of the crew who um, did my first thing, watching me uh, 
get masturbatory uh, on camera um, for peanuts. They they actually got to you know make a buck or three. Uh, since we're on the topic of werewolves, werewolves and vampires go hand in hand, often antagonistically. Your new film that you produced and acted in, Blood Relatives, is about a wandering vampire who discovers that he has a teen daughter who hunts him down, no pun intended, in the Midwest. It's a really sweet movie about family, bonding, wanting to disappear, wanting to find yourself. It's a very nurturing film. And speaking of nurturing, we have a clip. Open your mouth and concentrate. In this scene, Francis, the nomadic vampire and reluctant father, played by Noah Sagan, is instructing his newly acquainted daughter Jane, played by Victoria Morales, on how to properly drink a human's blood. What now? Just, like, look at her neck. So I just... Go for it. Trust your instincts. Jane, her fangs out, tries to feed. The intended victim, a hotel manager, suddenly wakes up. (laughs) And naturally, the startled Jane violently defends herself and accidentally kills the woman. Josh, what's the analog here? I mean, it's sort of akin to teaching your kid how to drive. Here's here's uh, here's this muscle car driving Jewish vampire Zaddy, you know, played by uh, brilliantly by by writer director Noah Segan. Define Zaddy. Uh, I think that's just like basically a really handsome kind of older older man. Um, okay, we're uh, we're veering off into casting couch territory. I feel okay. like there's some sort describing. of history there, but just okay. To- yeah, just want to offer defi- definition. Yes, yeah, okay. Because you asked, but um, yeah, no, it was I, was I just kind of oh, right. I, I was um, just kind of uh, I think we're just. Gotta love, gotta love a tête-à-tête with a you know between a ghoul and a swamp lady. You know what I mean? Like that's what makes for a great radio. <laughs> Just really, really, but mildly passive aggressive. Um, <laughs> it just gets me. I don't know about you, Sherry, but to that little that exchange particularly just got me in. Uh, just got me right where. Just got me right where it hurts. And um, but no, but not to not to veer off yet again. Uh, yeah, I just uh, that's what zaddies are. Uh, not to harp and. Um, so it's a it's a very sweet scene. Yeah, it really sets up an interesting dynamic where this reluctant father puts up kind of a fight, but not really. He does immediately bond with this person. He just tries not to very lightly. That's right. That's right. It's uh, I guess you could say allegory, symbolism, congruency. If that's a word, I got a nine fifty on my SATs. He's pushing away the responsibility of fatherhood, but but only because he doesn't feel like he can fill that role, right? He He's just scared to disappoint her. It's not like he doesn't like her or she, you know, puts him off or anything like that. She seems like a pretty smart, sweet kid. And he's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could do this, right? 
I think that's what it turns into eventually. Uh, what starts is him kind of being up on his heels, uh, having been on the road, protecting himself and doing God knows what uh, in and around that muscle car to get by as a as a night walking bloodsucker. Um, yeah, I think he reveals precisely that, 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 that gets you right in the heart and why ultimately it's just so sweet when they, you know, spoiler alert, uh, realize that they need each other. Yeah. You have a bit part in this movie you produced. Tell us about your preparation for it. Uh, I just uh, put on a straight jacket and did this eye thing I do. Um, I have a lazy eye. I can almost sort of control light astigmatism, I guess you could say. Um, so I uh, that gets me there quickly as a character, just kind of knowing I was doing a some version of a Renfield-type character following the... Um, the footsteps of Peter McNichol and Dracula dead and loving it. I thought, uh, well, I can't really top that, but I'm going to try. And I did. Both A Wounded Fawn and Blood Relatives are available to stream on Shudder, as is your film Scare Me. And um, Scare Package, which I, I keep thinking you're in, but you're not. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to do with that film. Why do I keep thinking that you're in it? Well, um, probably because it's like, you know, scare me, scare package. There's a little bit of conflation. And I don't know if it's like years of just, I'm not going to speak to your uh, disposition, living in the middle of the earth, being right, a thing right. of the swamp. Under the world, underworld. Yeah, underworld, right. But I don't know, you know, you can only imagine what it does to the brain. I mean, look what it does to Darkman. The guy was just underground for a little bit and he goes mad. So what's it happening with your swampy bottom? Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of conflation. I will say the producer-director of Scare Package, uh, one of the producers, Aaron Kuntz, he was one of the producers on Blood Relatives. So oh, there, wow. there is a little bit of overlap there. It's a bit um, of an incestuous uh, pool. Oh, deeply. <laughs> deeply viciously incestuous we'll be right back after the break unless you're a patreon subscriber in which case i'll see you in a second this is fresh scare i'm cherry disgusting i'm speaking with comedy but sometimes horror director josh rubin if you had a chance to remake any horror movie what would it be and why is it dark man I would love to remake Darkman because it's a, it's scary Batman. I mean, come on. It's horror. It's heart. It's a little bit Freddy Krueger. It's a little bit uh, Phantom of the Opera. It's, a, it's, it's very DC Comics. Um, we don't get many horror heroes. Like how many Hellboy movies you want to see? I'm excited about The Crow, but I just don't think The Crow is going to be super funny as well. Uh, before you go, what's the most terrifying thing you can imagine? Drowning. Whoa. That's it? <laughs> um, they may be being bitten by a bat or a bunch of bats. I think that would suck. I don't want to judge, but I feel like drowning sounds way more terrifying than a bat bite. Let's see how you feel when uh, a horde of flying rats uh, starts nipping at your nose. I mean, it, it would be terrifying, but then it would be over, you know. Uh, or will it? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Or will you then become Batman? You know, I don't know. Oh, oh that. yeah, that's a good point. You get bitten, you get your rabies shots, and then you become mm -hmm. Batman. Yeah, just like after that, why wouldn't you want to do, you know, a few more a few more crunches or whatnot? Josh, do you have anything uh, coming up that you're really excited about? I do. I'm releasing a graphic novel next year called Darla. Um, it's sort of an homage to Tales from the Crypt. It's about a uh, an irritable small town woman who um, 
starts to feel gradually more and more isolated and uh, fantasizes a creature that tells her to do twisted shit. I'm just trying to break out of my, you know, toxic man in a cabin thing. Uh, so hopefully people will dig it. That sounds awesome. Uh, where can people follow you? You can find me on all the social meds at, at Josh Rubin, R-U-B-E-N, as in Rubin Blades. Um, and uh, joshesmindhouse.com, all one word. You know, check out the site. It's posters, it's merch, it's a bio, it's pictures. It's, it's really a lot of fun. There's probably some text there, too. I hope so. HTML style. Wow. Josh Rubin, thank you so much for being on Fresh Scare. Okay. <laughs> that was my interview with writer, director, actor Josh Rubin, who is also a ghoul with donkey legs. He's known for college humor originals, Adam Ruins Everything, and now at least four movies, but who's counting, right? <laughs> Just kidding. I, of course, am. Scare Me, Werewolves Within, Blood Relatives, and A Wounded Fawn are all available on your internet-connected devices for immediate consumption. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with The Crypt Keeper. As we kick off 2023, our culture critic, The Crypt Keeper, looks back on some of his favorite films from 2022. This week, we revisit the Homeshare Scarefest, Barbarian. After you watch Barbarian, you may think twice about booking your next slaycation in a scare b, &B. <laughs> Writer-director Zach Krager of the sketch comedy group The Whitest Kids Who Throw You Over a Railing takes the old creepy cabin in the middle of nowhere trope and gives it a gut renovation. <laughs> Urban blight and decay set the stage for six days and seven frights you'll always regret. <laughs> the film begins when two strangers double book the same rental home. If that's not nightmarish enough, they discover the house has a cavernous basement with more twists and turns than the movie's plot. Plenty of nervous laughs, lots of scares. Zack Kreger's barbarian was smashing. <laughs> that last pun will make more sense. If you've seen it. <laughs> For RogerEbert.com, I'm The Crypt Keeper. The Crypt Keeper reviewed Barbarian, the 2022 horror film that was even scarier than 2022 itself. Fresh Scare is a left-handed radio product, written and performed by Adam Bozarth and Anna Rubinova. Our guest for this episode was Josh Rubin. If you like our show and would like to support us, sign up at patreon.com slash lefthandedradio. Members receive early ad-free episodes and bonus material. Please rate and review our show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about us too. Thank you for listening.
This is a left-handed radio product.